Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way. Yes, in a good way. As we invite a new expert every week to help us answer one of science's most interesting questions. Uh, And when I say one of science's most interesting questions, I just mean a question that we have decided is interesting to us and hopefully you. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. What have we decided is interesting this week? Dreams. <laughs> okay. This feels like a slightly different podcast. <laughs> like, like dreams as in the sort of things you dreamt of before you just gave it up and became a physicist. <laughs> I never dreamed of becoming a physicist. Well, of course not. It, that's, I mean, it's a good point that you make. It's just like, yeah. how did that happen? Well, does anybody dream of becoming a physicist? Um, Brian Cox did. Yeah, but I mean, look at him. Yeah. That's that's a weird guy. Yeah. He's well, a, the annoying it, thing for you is he's done both of your things better. Physics and band in a successful band or was in a successful band. Successful-ish band. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I just feel like that's <laughs> just, an ultimate... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's terrible. That's a terrible diss, isn't it? Yeah. He's done them differently to me. He has done it. Yes, he has done them differently. You're right. I mean, he did D-Ream. Are, yeah. we, are we saying that's better than the Bus Monkeys? I'm not sure it is. Um, well, I think we've brought more joy to more people. I, I honestly would say, if Bus Monkeys were to provide the music to the Lib Dem conference, say... Uh, <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> but doesn't feel that likely. Which which band of yours does the covers? Is that Bus Monkeys? Both of them. Oh, yeah, they both yeah, do both covers. covers bands. So no, they don't do, no, you don't no do original, any original material. No, no. I think probably original material is what's going to get you played. Okay. At a All right. Conference. So he probably didn't write that though, did he? Like things can only get better. Um, I'm I'm not giving him any credit. No, whatsoever. I mean he was just like one of the sort of he was a keyboard standing player. at the back, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas you're front and centre, yeah, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the real winner, Brian? Yeah, Brian. Okay, so anyway, we, so we, that's we've, not we've what we were doing. No, yeah, yeah. Not talking about we're not talking about dreams. We're talking about dreams. Thank oh, you very much. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Let's hope they don't cut all the Brian Cox chat out now. <laughs> Even if they do, leave that in. <laughs> Weird, but good. <laughs> So uh, we had a question come into the pod from Louis Clark. Oh, go on. Who wanted to know, basically, what is the point of dreaming? And I think that's a really good that's question. Great question, yeah. I mean, Louis basically gave us his life story. So he's, he's apparently recently been thinking about leaving his job as an app developer. Bit of an insight into our audience there. Yeah, okay. I, and, yeah. Uh, and during this period of turmoil, he's seen a rise in the amount that he's been dreaming. And he wants to know if there's a link... I mean, I would say yes, yes, Louis. There is. There must be, mustn't there? I don't. I mean, what do I know about this? I don't think I know very much at all about it. I'm guessing. <laughs> what a surprise! Yeah, shut up. Uh, I'm guessing <laughs> that um, dreams must be involved in laying down memories somehow. Well, that, I mean, we're my... going to get right into that, and that's one of the theories. And yeah, there's a lot of yeah. theories. Let me tell you. Okay. But we'll, you know, okay. we'll we'll cut through them all. Um, have any memorable dreams recently? All of my dreams recently have been incredibly just sort of on the nose, practical, worry-based dreams. So <laughs> right, yeah. Like nothing, like genuinely stuff like, oh, can I afford this thing that we're trying to do? And then sort of almost like picturing a sort of spreadsheet of ingoings and out. I mean, gen- <laughs> literally that, dreaming like in that, Microsoft Excel. That kind of like awful stuff. But really? like really stressful so actually and they're sort of like as i'm going to sleep so it's sort of half half dreamy half away i mean it's horrible okay yeah so so nothing um yeah no n- nothing good 
Oh, I did. I did have a. I did have a good one, but I'm not going to share it with you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite glad to hear that. Yeah. And I've what got was, a dream what, dictionary here. Yeah, of so course, we, you have. So we, you don't go anywhere without your dream dictionary. No, no, I don't. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking. If I, I wonder if I can look up money. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. see whether M- you know, money worries. We, may, we can interpret your dream. But there's no need to interpret. I mean, it's like <laughs> ah. So you're dreaming about whether you can. Uh, you're no fun. Uh, yeah. Sorry. What was your last dream? Uh, so the last dream I had that I can remember was I think the night before last, and weirdly it was about it was like a, a middle class grapes of wrath where my family was having to walk from East Sussex to Gloucestershire in search of work or something I'm not really sure what okay and but there was this weird thing where we met this little boy and this little boy kept pissing himself and. No, uh, but no, then he tried I mean, to rip us off. I feel like the little boy's you, somehow. Do you? Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Just got to like the idea. The weird thing the, is, I have a really strong graphical memory of the um, of when the boy pissed himself. It was like the scene cut to a, a tank that was just emptying of water. Oh, Twice this happened. So a shot of his bladder. Basically, yeah. It was so mm. weird. Yeah. But anyway, I woke up from that. I thought, I wonder what that's about. Yeah. And you and woke up and you'd wet the bed. <laughs> <laughs> That that I mean, it, that's what you half expect, isn't it? When you yeah, dream about things like that, yeah, yeah, you yeah. dream about somebody pissing themselves. You can, you sort of think, I'm going to wake up, aren't I? Mm. I'm just going to have to change the sheets. I've told you about my recurring nightmare from when I was a child. No, I must have done. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's. I've not had this for like thirty years. No, like thirty five years, I would say. But I used to get it quite a lot, and it used to genuinely terrify me. And I was in the. Where did the Mister Men live? Was it sort of, was it like a specific, but you know, the kind of, you, you know, kind of smooth yeah, hills yeah. and that kind of, yeah, yeah. I was in Mr. Manland, fine. And then over the top of one of the hills, a very menacing Mr. Nosy would come I, you over. You have definitely not told me this. And it, but it wasn't, it was identical to Mr. Nosy. And I can't explain how I know this, but it was Mr. Nosy's evil doppelganger. <laughs> and he was coming to get me. And I'd wake up absolutely terrified. And how old are you at this point? I'm like, I'm like five or six or something. And I've okay. had this dream quite a lot. All like very short. Nothing, nothing happened in 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 Mister Manland at all. Just evil Mister Nosy would, <laughs> would, would, would hove into view, and then I'd, and then I'd wake up. All right. So I think I think my interpretation of that is actually maybe you consumed your twin in the womb, and you're just like dealing with guilt about that. You think I had a twin who was Mr. Nosy? Well, no, no, who was just, you know, you obviously were reading some Mr. Man books or whatever at the time, mm. but your guilt about, you know, your, your twin that you consumed in the womb is... If I would be no? that consciously aware of having devoured no. my you, you twin think, You think it might be slightly flawed, my, uh, my interpretation. Yeah, I think so. The thing is, I mean, if I set up in business, I could come out with that shit the whole time, couldn't I? People well, I get, love I mean, it. If you're, a, if, you're, if you're a sort of dream interpreter, yeah. that is effectively what you're doing, isn't it? Yeah. Just make up a load of old gash and <laughs> yeah, yeah. people yeah, yeah. pay money for if it. If you're a dream interpreter, get in touch with the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> I I mean, like, I've whoever looked... wrote your A to Z dream dictionary. Well, I, I just looked it up. And Charlatan. About... <laughs> well, obviously, uh, because, uh, you know, we're, we're in, into science and we know that, that actually, you know, we don't really believe you can interpret dreams like this. Money, by the way, if you dream about money, mm-hmm. uh, to dream that you have no money indicates a fear of losing your place in the world. You're lacking the abilities needed to achieve some desired goal. If you're borrowing money in your dream, then it suggests that you are overextending your resources. Uh, well, that's amazing, isn't it? That's so insightful. <laughs> I tried this dream dictionary on, on like, boy wetting himself. Got nothing. Absolutely useless. But that would be quite a good one. You'd think so, wouldn't you? So, I mean, that, that is, what a load of crap. <laughs> Honestly. The average person spends around six years of their life in a dream state, but the question of why we dream has remained one of life's great unanswered questions for millennia. Your teeth could be falling out, you might be falling from a building, you might find yourself naked in public. But why? Are dreams there to help us solve problems? Are they a signal we've had a bad night's sleep? Is it something we need to be decoding? A potential conversation with our subconscious mind? 
that's why this week we're asking, what do our dreams mean? If our expert is the author of that dream dictionary, I quit. <laughs> Nobody would own up to being the author of that dream dictionary. <laughs> oh, it's, it's by Brian Cox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a dream dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> now we are we are joined by Dr. Caroline Horton, who's a reader in psychology, cognition, and consciousness, and the director of the Dreams Lab, or maybe it's the Dreams Lab. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Bishop Grossetest University in Lincoln. Bishop where? Bishop Grossetest University in Lincoln. So Grossetest was a 13th century bishop who basically, you know, started doing science and experiments with mostly about optics and stuff. I know about this because I've written about it. Uh, he was he was quite a pioneer. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry to say this, and I don't imagine I'm the first person to say this by any means, but he's called Bishop Big Balls. <laughs> yes, he is. And you no, you're not. <laughs> that is excellent. <laughs> One of the commissions I got, somebody said, would you you write something about Bishop Big Balls for me? Yeah. Yeah. Robert Grossetest. That's wonderful. Bobby Bobby Big Balls, quite literally. Yeah, that's even better than Bertie Big Bollocks. (laughs) That's the new Bertie Big Bollocks. Yeah. Bishop Big Balls. Yeah, anyway, he was actually a very well-respected theologian and uh, proto-scientist. Uh, proto-scientists. Well, I mean, it's sort of... Pre-enlightenment, pre- no yeah. one's really doing science. Well, I mean, we talked about this, didn't we, in our, yeah. in our race episode. People were doing science, but he's sort of considered as laying the groundwork for a lot of what is modern science, okay. let's say. Okay. I remember that when we did the, the sleep episode, the thing that really struck me was I don't really know that much about sleep. No, And I'm no. assuming that that is going to be similar with dreams well it's dreams sort of, you know, sleep, even even worse with dreaming yeah. in a yeah. sense um because you know sleep is is pretty tricky dreaming obviously is just like so ephemeral and mm. replies on sort of basically verbal reporting mm. but they both you know they're both very big features of our lives obviously sleep huge feature of our lives but also dreaming is a massive part of you know, of, of what happens to us when we're asleep, effectively. So uh, the first question Separating I asked... Separating them's hard, isn't it? Well, it is, yeah. But, mm. you know, and we... we They must have evolved in some sense. You know, we've evolved to do this, whether it's useful. I mean, that's what we're going to kind of get into, whether it evolved for a purpose or we kept it for a purpose or you know, it serves a purpose. animals dreaming. Yes, we are. Um, so the first thing, anyway, that I asked Dr. Caroline was, what does the brain achieve through dreaming relative to sleep? It's difficult to identify exactly what the brain achieves through dreaming relative to sleep. Now, we know that sleep is associated with a whole host of mental, physical, cognitive, emotional benefits. So if we don't have enough sleep and we are sleep deprived, then we suffer. We uh, perceive emotionally neutral stimuli as if it's threatening to us, as if it's something that might be harmful to us. And that's really quite a disturbed and distorted process. One that we might recognize after having a bit of a rubbish night's sleep though, because we see that straight away. We also know that we can remember information, we can access that information much more readily and appropriately after we've had good quality sleep. What the brain achieves through dreaming specifically is harder to determine because we can't really easily work out when someone has been dreaming rather than just sleeping. The only way we know that at the moment, which doesn't sound very technical, is by asking somebody, do you remember a dream? And then quite often people may acknowledge that they have been dreaming, but not really remember the detail of that. Nevertheless, that's that's what we've got. And so that's what we work with at the moment. It seems like the benefits of dreaming over and above the benefits of sleep relate to emotional processing in particular. And that may be because dreaming is most associated with rapid eye movement sleep, which we know is uh, associated with heightened activity in emotional areas of the brain, signifying consolidation or processing of emotional memories and experiences, and also giving us a chance to experience 
really high emotional valence. So some pretty scary experiences, some ones that make us quite angry, sometimes quite sexual experiences as well. And we're doing that in a safe space. So we get the chance to sort of try that out when we're asleep. And the result is that we are more emotionally regulated if we've had the opportunity to do so. I mean, there's a lot to unpack even mm. there in what she just said about all of this. But let's sort of take it back to basics and go to the science that we know that a bit behind dreaming effectively. Yes, please. Um, one of the first things that surprised me when looking into this is that we actually dream in all phases of sleep. So I had no idea, but it's not just during REM sleep. Oh. So, so no, we actually, I, would, I would have yeah, not thought that. We, we actually dream during all phases, but actually during the other phases of sleep, they're really boring things. I mean, there's nothing really sort of, they're just very sort of straightforward, very vanilla experiences. My spreadsheet dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, um, so the only memorable dreams that we have, that, which are the ones that we can talk about, so we analyse them, um, is, uh, is in REM sleep. And during REM sleep, the body's paralysed, right? So you effectively don't act out the stuff that's going on in front of you or you get involved with. Um, the activity, as Caroline said, the, the brain regions associated with emotions are really cranked up. So everything's kind of an emotional experience, effectively, when you're in REM sleep. Mm. Um, and also the, um, the part of the cortex uh, that controls sort of logical reasoning and deduction, decision making, that's shut down during that. So, so of course, it's going to not make sense, effectively, because it doesn't have to, because nobody's regulating this saying, hold on, this has to make sense. Um, and then you've got um, yeah. no access to specific memories. So the, the, um, the signals coming out of the hippocampus turned off. We, and the hippocampus has all the sort of specific episodic memories of, of like stuff that you did the day before or whatever. Um, so you can't access those while you dream. So all you ac access is sort of general memories about how the world is, like people and places. Oh, so that's why you're making up a load of old cobblers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's really interesting, isn't it? All, yeah, automatically yeah, yeah, you start yeah. to filter yeah. down and say, oh, that's why dreams are a bit like that. Yeah. And, and then um, dreams are generated in, uh, sort of transmitted through a part of the brain known as the right inferior lingual gyrus, which is part of the visual cortex. So, uh, and we know this from, a, there was a patient who had a lesion here and lost the ability to dream. It was like just dreams just didn't happen for her. And, um, and actually, you know, that's why dreams are visual because they, they basically come through the visual cortex mm -hmm. and, um, and we'll get to a, a thing about, you know, whether that's like actually really quite significant in terms of understanding what dreams are. So that's the sort of basics of it. So you're locked down, your body's locked, emotions are ramped up, logic is turned down. And, you know, and it's going through the visual cortex. So you see things effectively. Why, why is our um, memory of, of dreams so erratic? And presumably, given it sounds like we're dreaming the whole time, infrequent. So, um, well, it turns out that everybody dreams, but not everybody remembers all their dreams. And if your brain is particularly good at processing visual information like images and uh, good at storing memories then you will have a better chance of remembering your mm. dreams. Um, there's a link with the theta waves, one of the sort of kinds of brain waves, low frequency waves, um, and they basically make you more likely to remember your dreams. So if your theta waves are quite strong generally when you're awake, they'll also be strong when you're dreaming. And, and those are like form memories when you're awake and they're involved in forming memories when you're sleeping. So, um, but you, I mean, I'd be interested to know this, you get woken up by an alarm clock every morning, right, for, yeah. for the show. Yeah, yeah. And that is like a big letdown when it comes to remembering dreams. Because the way we remember dreams is we, when we drift out of sleep into a sort of semi-waking state and then we form those memories. Uh, Whereas if you are sort not of shunted awake mm. by an alarm clock, you then have to deal with because it's in the real world and you have to turn mm. it off. Then your brain just doesn't do the kind of memory formation thing. So, so you don't then remember your dreams. So that's probably why you don't remember dreams yeah, yeah, other than the spreadsheet ones that you have probably while you were on holiday on. right yeah 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 <laughs> um i mean I'm, i don't feel like the world's missing a lot by me. you you not remembering your dreams <laughs> no no i agree but then no one is missing out on listening to other people talk about their dreams no no it's the most boring thing isn't it yeah 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. And certain is. members of my family need to know that. Well, I mean, if only they listen to this. <laughs> they uh, Not as boring as your podcast, though, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, narrowing it down now to the family members. Um, we are trying to answer Louis's question. Do our dreams... I don't even know if I know what I mean by this question, but do our dreams mean anything? So, I mean, that is the central question. And that's a question that I put to Dr. Caroline. And obviously, her response to that question determines on whether we believe another word that she says. Here we go. The question as to whether we can ascribe significance to our dreams, or if we take it one step further, could we possibly interpret some kind of language of dreams? It's a really controversial question. The scientific answer, or, or my view at least on the basis of the evidence is, we can't interpret dreams. There's no evidence to suggest that there is some kind of hidden, universal meaning of dreams that, that we or that therapists or um, experts may be able to uncover. There's no evidence of that, which is a little bit disappointing and is at odds with some people's beliefs around dreams that maybe they are you know, spiritually significant or that they may indicate something important that may be to happen in the future. Absolutely no evidence to suggest that that's the case. Having said that, your question was, can we ascribe any significance to our dreams? And that might be different. So we may personally get some feeling of peace from something that happens in a dream, or we may feel better, oddly enough, after having had the chance to experience some pretty negative emotions sometimes when we're asleep, because we're letting those emotions out in a safe space. We're working through them. Actually, we, we think we're sifting through our memories and our experiences from the day. and, and the dreaming is a product of those memories being activated and sorted and consolidated and processed while we're asleep. So we reap those benefits. And I would argue that that is a significant benefit of dreaming, but it's not the same as saying, my tooth fell out in my dream, therefore this must mean that I'm going to lose a friend, as some interpreters may indicate. I think it's more likely you are grinding your teeth during the night and that might mean that when you're asleep, you're perceiving something in your mouth and then you're kind of imagining that you might be losing a tooth and that you're thinking about it, which isn't the same. Well, the good news is, Caroline, we can trust. She's on our side, isn't yeah. she? <laughs> yeah. If she she's, said, she's one absolutely, of us. we can ascribe meaning, I'd be like, mm, wrong okay. expert. <laughs> I mean, it's sort of like a, a, a firm no to Louis's question already, isn't it? It's like, well, yes, but you're it's in still turmoil, worth... you're wondering about stuff, and you're dreaming more. Mm. You know, that's kind of you know, that's your lot. It feels like that's all we can tell you. Mm. We're not going to find find the answer to your, to your conundrum. But um, I mean, if you look at history, <laughs> people have made a lot of coin out of interpreting dreams, which is obviously just making me think not making a huge amount of money, let's be clear, of doing this podcast. So we shouldn't rule it out as an option for ourselves. <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a strange pivot for yeah, us. I was just saying, let's do a quick pivot. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you want to email the show. and uh, yeah, Tell us all about your dreams. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, so she's right. The, the science sort of doesn't tell you that dreams have any kind of universal significance. They're just doing something with the stuff in your head. And, and, and it's really interesting stuff, and you'll be excited to know that we're going to talk about octopus dreams later. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Um, I'd love to hear an octopus tell me about their dreams. <laughs> well, the, the, maybe the only animal <laughs> I'd like to hear from. <laughs> and then maybe we would we'd do an interpretation of octopus dreams. I mean, there's a service we could perform. Yeah, but they haven't got any money. Yeah. I mean, but I would do it for free for Octopus comes to like, I dreamt my dick fell off after I had sex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bad news. <laughs> <laughs> Check your dick. Ah! <laughs> I mean, it, it's always been there. Like, humans have always ascribed some kind of significance to dreams. Like, like all of history, like, you know, since records began, basically, there's records of people interpreting dreams, you know, detailing their dreams. You know, the Norse sagas, uh, Gilgamesh, Greek mythology, it's all there. Uh, ancient Rome, the Quran, the Bible has it. Plato did it. Obviously, Freud, classic interpretation of oh, dreams. Did, 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 is Plato's cave? No, Plato's cave's not dreams. No, that's not oh, a okay. dream that's, that's only no. uh, Carl Jung, 
Uh, you know, where he said that dreams prepare the dreamer for events the following day, which is obviously nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, basically, humans are still still thinking that their, their dreams mean something. So there was a study where people reported they'd be more likely, this is Americans to be fair, but uh-huh. they report they were more likely to cancel a trip they had planned that involved a plane flight if they dreamt of the plane crashing the night before than if uh, Homeland Security basically issued a federal warning. Mm. They said, no, no, I, I'd still get on the flight. But if I'd had a dream the night before where a plane crashed, I wouldn't get on the flight. So, I mean, that's, you know... People are nuts. People are nuts, but that's our brains, isn't it, mm. right? And uh, apparently people are more likely to perceive dreams as being meaningful if the content is basically what they, you know, in accordance with their beliefs. So it backs up their you know, prior beliefs. Have you read a book called The Premonition Bureau? No. I think you'd like it. It's really interesting. So it's kind of in the, I think it's in the 60s, where some guy, who I think used to work for the BBC, maybe, sort of got interested in whether premonitions were were a thing. Yeah. Um, because always, before any kind of, I, I think of it because you're thinking about, you know, oh, I've dreamt a plane crash, I better not get on that plane. Yeah. And inevitably, whenever there is a big disaster, someone after the event, weirdly, yeah. uh, will we'll come and say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had a dream. I, 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 I had a dream. Happen. And it's perfectly yeah, possible yeah, yeah. That, that they did. It doesn't mean anything. But and you really sort of you took it quite seriously. There's some interesting stuff in there. Like, it's quite... Yeah. It, it, even as I'm reading it and being like, all bollocks, it's all bollocks, it's all bollocks, you still can't help but be like, now that is weird. <laughs> that is weird. <laughs> so I was just thinking that statistically, there must be someone who's had a dream of a plane crashing, and got then, on a flight the next day, and, and the plane yeah, has yeah. crashed. Yeah, and, and Imagine being that, that guy. plane is going down, you're like, <laughs> fuck me! <laughs> I've got a gift, and now I'm going to die. <laughs> just furiously texting everyone, you know, I had a gift, I had a gift! <laughs> Oh, what a waste. What a waste. Anyway, so there are some scientific things that we can say. So we can say that there's a research where people, if you try and suppress your thoughts, like you instruct people to suppress thoughts, um, and they they end up uh, dreaming about their emotional experiences from waking life more, and uh, they have worse sleep quality. So basically, you know, if you force people to sort of do some mental thing about emotions really about and it's about suppressing thoughts then you can you can sort of change the way they dream um and you can you can find a correlation where you say you know there are interpretations of dreams that if somebody's dreaming about something like you you dreamt you failed an exam mm. that correlates with uh, you're unprepared for something in your life and people would say yes oh actually you know that's unpre- yeah i am unprepared for something that's coming up and and it just sort of comes out through your subconscious but that's yeah that, that i mean that's kind of you know sort but of obvious sort of, in, a, in a way isn't it yeah but i mean that's that's all dream interpretation is isn't it just looking for or, or claiming that this thing correlates with another thing yeah and if those correlations exist then it's maybe sort it's of, not and it's, it's not, not surprising is it in a sense that no, you, know, you have an anxiety no. about something yeah and that comes out in, because we're used to the idea that, that our dreams mm. are manifestations of anxieties about things yeah so that, that's sort well, of it's like the, yeah the uh oh you've dreamt about borrowing money you think you haven't got enough yeah. resource for something <laughs> brilliant yeah by the way that'll be 500 quid please yeah i definitely haven't got enough resource <laughs> So, you know, we don't know much about sleeping, as, as Dr. Caroline says. We don't know much about dreaming, but there are a whole bunch of theories about why that happens. Of course there are. And I, I do, listen, I love the hard science, but I also love the hard speculation. <laughs> uh, let's hold that thought, though. Time for a quick break. When we get back, we'll discuss some of the theories on why we dream, uh, whether we're the only species that dream. Hello. And of course, we'll be answering today's question, what do our dreams mean? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, we're back. You're about to hit me with some theories on why we dream. So there are loads of theories, right? I've got... Just give me top 20. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I've got like eight or nine here. But I, the thing I want to... Oh, I mean, I was... To, I, I'm <laughs> taking the piss. Don't genuinely, do eight or nine. Genuinely, but yeah, we'll do them really quickly. But okay. I think the thing that nobody—I've not seen Quicker. anywhere when I've been re- researching this—is people need to talk about the fact that evolution isn't purposeful, right? So, so things yeah. don't evolve so that something happens. Mm. It just so happens that something might be a feature of our brains, mm. and it doesn't get selected out. I'm not sure how you would, you know, nobody's applying these to like how things get selected for really. So, so let's keep that in mind as we go through, right? So theory yeah. one. There's no, there's no end. There's no like. Yeah, there's, there's not no, a purpose. There's not a purpose to, to e- dreams evolution. Happening. There's no teleology. It's no. just, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Th- theory one from David Eagleman, no less, who oh, okay. we both, yeah, we both yeah, like. Yeah, we like David Eagleman. Yeah. Um, he says that basically because brain plasticity is predatory, and fast. So, so if you lose your hearing, regions of the brain just take over the auditory like cortex. They're like, yeah, yeah. We'll, have they're like, yeah. we'll have that. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll use that for something else. And he reckons that the dreaming stops you going blind. So he, he says, um, you know, because some of these changes can happen in just a few hours, effectively. The brain using the visual cortex sort of pres- preserves the territory of the visual cortex, keeps it active I, at night. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Need, need not go on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a good one, isn't it? Yeah, I think, really I think it is good. a really good one. Protect it. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, which stops us going blind, effectively. So you can actually imagine that, that evolutionary, in evolutionary terms, that works. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, because, and, and he says this is the only sense that's disadvantaged by darkness, and we spend half our lives in darkness. So half our lives, the visual cortex has no real role to play, mm. uh, especially when we close our eyes. Yeah. And it's like the predatory brain circuits yeah. are just there. So, like, so, and are you doing anything with this at the moment? Because <laughs> <laughs> we could do with a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I like that one, and I think that stands up. Right? Yeah, it's good. Uh, then there's just remembering stuff. So, so when you do... Uh, you train rats to navigate through, uh, sorry, train people to navigate through a virtual maze. Mm. They, they learn the best route through it if basically faster if they dream about it. So it's sort of an aid for memory. So mm-hmm. she, she I mean, this researcher, Erin Walmsley from Harvard Medical School, uh, she basically got people to sort of navigate or learn the layout of a complex maze, a uh, virtual maze. And, um, and those who had a sleep before they were tested on it, did much better than, than those mm. who didn't. So, yeah, so that, that, that's the one that I think I've heard before, that it yeah. effectively just helps you, helps lay down memories somehow. Yeah, helps lay down yeah. memories mm. and, and sort of so, mm. solves problems in some, sense, some senses. Uh, wish fulfilment is the other thing. So if you instruct people to suppress thoughts about a person, uh, you dream about them much more than if you either instruct people to focus on that person or if you uh, allow people just to think about whatever they want to do. So suppression of the thoughts yeah. leads you to dream about people more. And so people have extrapolated from that to say, you know, they call it the dream rebound effect. Effectively, you, you dream about the things that you have repressed mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. in your day. Mm-hmm. That's all right. I, I don't mm-hmm. see that as being mm-hmm. evolutionarily extremely useful. Uh, right. Francis Crick basically said, it's just, you know, random assembly of, of, you know, kind of fragments of memory. doesn't mean anything at all. But other people have sort of said it's like a way of forgetting. But then if so I'm you not, get rid of all the... If the hippocampus is off... Yeah. Off, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah, uh, then yeah. uh, that that doesn't work quite as well, does it? Because... I don't think so. But no. I mean, you could argue that, you know, it's uh, just generally a sort of clearing out of... Maybe it's stuff that doesn't go into the hippocampus because, you know, it's switched off. 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's just it's just a way of forgetting all the details of the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's sort of fine. Um, Continual activation theory basically says that uh, this is when information is transferred into long-term memory and dreams are just a sort of byproduct of the data transfer process. And but it keeps the brain sort of going and and and, and you know mm-hmm. stops it sort of shutting down mm-hmm. effectively. So all all the working memory stays active. But again, it's sort of like you know it's a bit woolly, isn't it? I think. Is that number five? That's number five. Well done. Yeah. Uh, dream to rehearse stuff. There's so a lot of these, isn't there? Primitive in- instinct. Re- uh, we're doing. We're talking about dreams today. I mean, I'm just going to give yeah, you yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, primitive instinct rehearsal theory. So it's like, you know, oh, you dream about something so that you can do it better the next day sort of thing. So, you know, if you like, if you dream about fighting, you'll get better it's at like fighting. Visualizing Visualizing, yeah. It's a yeah. bit like that sports psychology stuff, yeah, isn't it? Okay. Uh, threat simulation theory is sort of similar. It's like, you know, it's, you know, when you dream about stressful things, it's what helps you prepare for stressful moments. Uh, problem solving, kind of mentioned this, but, you know, we do know that like certain Nobel Prize winners dream. So Otto Loewy uh, sorted out how um, the brain signals, how, how nerve signals, sorry, are transmitted. He basically saw it in a dream, wrote it down. Uh, he basically saw it in a dream, wrote it down on a notebook by the side of his bed. Um, you know, the idea that it was chemical signals. Hmm. Uh, couldn't read his writing in the morning. <laughs> That's good. And then so he didn't know what he'd written down, but he knew it was significant. Had the same dream the next night, wrote it down clearly, got up, went to the lab, did the experiment. So didn't um and no, I think I made this up. I was gonna say didn't Buckminster, uh, Buckminster Fullerene, didn't he dream the the sort of big hexagonal? He might have done. Yeah, yeah there's McCartney no reason why he wouldn't do Paul McCartney that, dreamt the tune for uh yesterday. He sort of woke up with that in his head. Mm. Um uh, um August Kekule basically came up with the uh, structure of the benzene molecule in a dream. I think he was on a London bus at the time, just fell asleep at the top of a London bus, came up with the sort of... Well, you know, the hexagon. The hexagon, yeah. as yeah. We, we talked about before. Uh, Mendeleev. That was, a, that was a quite an easy one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, maybe not, actually. Maybe you've never sort of considered the idea <laughs> Nobody of Nobody else had come up with it. Yeah, but it doesn't... Yeah, I, I, like you could take away his Nobel Prize. It was, it was in it, retrospect, I mean, quite an easy one. Is that within my within my powers? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a quick letter to where is it, Sweden or yeah, somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort Let's that. Go, out. Listen, guys, uh, uh, Mendeleev got the periodic table in a dream as well. Apparently, what? So, what do you mean he got it? Yeah, well, I mean, the structure of it and how to structure it. I mean, that's just the brain sort of sorting things out. Yeah, you and I both okay. know if you have a little nap, you can often work better afterwards. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. uh, and yeah. you know, you sort of solved a problem. Uh, last one. And in some ways, this Ooh, is my favourite. We did it. We did it. it. It oxygenates the cornea. So the idea is that if you have, like, basically your eyes moving, as mm. they do in REM sleep, mm-hmm. uh, you get, uh, you stir up you know, the, the watery liquid, the, the aqueous humour yeah. in front of the lens. Yeah. So so you're stirring it up and during those eight hours of sleep or whatever, uh, you get proper oxygenation of the cornea and it actually keeps your, keeps, basically it keeps your eyes working well. And, and so effectively it wouldn't matter what you were, what you were dreaming about as yeah. long as your eyes are yeah. moving. And I mean, you know, do, it, do your eyes move if you're not dreaming? I think in REM sleep mm-hmm. they move. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. But the point is, um, like, I, I, I'm taking the one that I'm trying not to go blind. That, that's the you're trying like. not to go blind, but also oxygenating the oxygenating cornea the is cornea, the least yeah. romantic interpretation yeah. of dreams I've ever heard. Yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah. What that's, did you dream about last night? Doesn't matter. I was just oxygenating the old <laughs> eyes. see really well this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of the research seems to point towards emotions as being... Yeah, dreaming is a way of kind of processing our our emotions. And well, well, yeah, because actually during during the pandemic, there was definitely a lot of stuff around about yeah. people having weird dreams. COVID and dreams, I yeah. Assumed yeah. that that was not necessarily to do with having COVID, but to do with the anxiety about yeah. the situation as a whole. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I mean, and it seems to be that if you're, you know, in an anxious state, like Louis is, not knowing what to do with his life, that manifests in your sleep. So that's, uh, that's basically something I asked Dr. Caroline about, you know, these links between emotions and our nocturnal narratives. We're pretty sure that emotions are processed 
certainly during rapid eye movement sleep, to some extent during other stages of sleep as well. And we see that in our dreams. And if we think of our own dream experiences, they tend to be emotional. And we know that we have a memory bias towards that. We're more likely to remember emotional things than non-emotional things. But nevertheless, our dreams on average are more emotional than experiences from our daily lives. So we think that dreams have some relationship to emotional processing. That's possibly a function of dreaming. So we might then want to explore what is it we're dreaming about and is there some kind of pattern in the dream content that might give us clues as to what this emotional processing is for. We might want to start looking at whether we're dreaming of things repetitively or whether we feel better or worse after dreaming. And we can recognise that dreams, we tend to dream of the things that are important to us and they tend to be the most emotional ones. We also know that if we dream of something very repetitively, which doesn't happen often at all, but if we do on those occasions, they again often indicate that uh, aspect of our lives needs some more processing. So sometimes our dreams can indicate if something needs a bit more processing or if we need to think about it in our daily lives. We either dream of those because we haven't had a chance to think sufficiently about it during our waking lives, so that processing is trickling over to when we're kind of switched off from everything else in our environment and we can just focus internally. Or conversely, we're thinking about it so much because it's so massively overwhelming and important to us that we can't switch it off at night. And, and that tends to be the case with anxieties. Ah, oh, so this is quite interesting actually because the, um, the, the sort of idea of experiencing emotions in in a safe place came up in our in our halloween episode oh Ooh, yeah it's all yeah yeah kind okay of linked isn't it yeah yeah it's about that sort of ancient biological defense mechanism it's like you know let's prepare for this let's process this in a way that you know we're not in danger and you have to remember that when you're dreaming you're like like we said your your body is locked down you're effectively par paralyzed uh you know, you've ramped up the emotional state of your brain, but you've shut down the logical stuff. So, you, so you're, you're basically, you know, you've locked away your specific memories. So you're kind of in a good place to sort of deal with some stuff. Um, and, and there's sort of good research that points towards this. And I, and I think that maybe the weakness of all of this stuff is, is it all about self-reporting? It's all about kind of, you know, trying to make correlations between how people feel and what they're going through, whatever. But, but you know, Matthew Walker, um, who wrote that great book on sleep, um, yeah. uh, uh, he, he's found that if you reduce REM sleep, then you, you are less able to kind of deal with complex emotions in daily life. Um, which obviously is an important thing. Mm -hmm. And um, and people have said that, you know, you can kind of um, process things during REM sleep. So so dreaming sort of takes the edge off painful experiences so so that you can um, have a kind of a way of dealing with them. So, so your stress neurotransmitters are, are less active, right, while you're dreaming. Yeah. So you can kind of go to those difficult places without, you know, having the kind of chemical flood that that you might otherwise get. Um, so, and, and also, you kind of get just less stressed by the whole thing. So, so in a way, you're sort of dealing with it. It's a bit like, you know, people take uh, MDMA and then they can talk about stuff that, that, that you know, is, is post-traumatic stress disorder yes. sort of stuff. So, so yes. it's a way of switching off certain chemical reactions in the brain that will come up when you're, you know, when you're dealing with stress. So, so it's a kind of good way of, of sort of dealing with stuff i guess um and and when you you do experiments you can find that people spent more time dreaming or in at least in rem sleep you can't necessarily say they were they were dreaming more but they uh, if you give them mild electric shocks the next day they sort of have less fear associated with it than people who who have spent less time in rem sleep so you, you can kind of yeah, conclude yeah, that okay. it helps you yeah. face stuff that you might otherwise sort of find too scary yeah, yeah, to yeah, face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and also you've got the other, you know, coming up from the other perspective, people with mood disorders and PTSD and, and things like that, they often find it really hard to sleep. And some people have suggested that, that actually um, the lack of sleep 
is more a contributing factor to their mood disorder because they're not getting REM sleep that helps them to deal with, you know, day on day sort of difficulties and, and stress. The to so, so you know, yeah, stuff. yeah, okay. yeah. So, so it's sort of, you know, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, an yeah. emotional processing tool. Mm-hmm. Whether that is enough for it to kind of have evolved and stay evolved. You know, going back to that thing about, you know, okay, it's difficult to talk about what this stuff is for in evolutionary terms. Would emotional processing uh, be enough? Well, potentially. But as you said right at the start, it doesn't need to, all you need is for it not to get selected against. Yeah. And and it it certainly is helpful. It's not deleterious to drink. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, okay. So, so fine. If there's no negative effect, then it can just keep on going. Yeah. So, so, you, so your corneas are, are staying nice and, and oxygenated yeah, and your you, brain predatory you circuits see. haven't, yeah. haven't taken <laughs> yeah. over. Also, you've dealt with your emotional stress. Yeah. It's really funny, the idea of the rest of the brain just waiting. <laughs> just, just in case. Well, you, you get that thing, you don't you, like up. with the echolocation boy, the boy went went blind yeah. and learned how to echolocate, and, and yeah, it's like they just took over the yeah. visual cortex with the auditory auditory stuff. It's brilliant. Actually, it's clever stuff. Yeah, way. yeah, I you love can't it. argue with it. Yeah. Uh, I have now waited long enough, though. Tell me about the octopus dreaming <laughs> immediately. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. So we've got um, anecdotal stuff. Uh, so I sort of teased you with the octopus dreaming. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about animal dreaming, but let me just preface it with what Caroline had to say. There are lots of anecdotal reports that people seem to think their pets show signs of dreaming, but the question as to whether animals dream is at the moment virtually impossible to answer because the only way we know that people are dreaming in humans is if that human can articulate the dream as a dream report and a dream memory and of course animals aren't able to do that. We certainly know that many animals, if not all animals, show some kind of sleep patterns and regular and predictable um, patterns of, of transitioning through different stages. But as I've said before, that's not the same as dreaming. Dreaming is that conscious experience that happens at the same time. It's that mental content, it's the thoughts, it's the emotions that Uh, go along at the same time. So we just don't know. My best guess is that animals with well-developed and sophisticated brains who have the capacity for something called episodic memory, you don't really know if they do, but that is the capacity to recall specific experiences from their lives, may have the capacity to be conscious and, and dream in the way that we would think of it whether they could then actually remember those experiences is again, it, it's a question that we don't yet have the answer to. My guess is that many animals may show those memory activation patterns during sleep that humans do, but again, they likely won't be able to turn those into a dream and actually remember them when they wake up. Dr. Caroline's really annoying, isn't she? I mean, it's just so <laughs> level-headed. She's just sensible. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I watch Raffi when, when she's asleep. And sometimes when she's deeply asleep, you know, she's like, her paws are scurrying. And it's like, oh, she, you know, say, oh, she's dreaming about chasing rabbits. Mm. Which is probably nonsense, isn't it? No. And also, and, and like, genuinely, don't take this the wrong way. I don't give a shit about your dog. <laughs> Talk to me about octopuses All right, octopus. <laughs> So in 2019, uh, a guy called David Scheel, who's at the University of Alaska, I think, mm-hmm. um, he looks after this octopus called Heidi. And there was a documentary that showed Heidi asleep and changing colours, like quite dramatically, while asleep. Was this the, what, the, the, the guy who had it living in his house? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's great. It was on. I didn't I see the might documentary. Be on, it I mean, might be on iPlayer did. still. Yeah, uh, okay. it's really good. And so he's got okay. the he got the octopus in yeah in, yeah, in, in, a, in a tank yeah, in, his, yeah. in his front room. It was excellent. Okay, <laughs> so of course he, I've seen it. <laughs> he um, he basically, I think, on the voiceover was saying, you know, and she might be like dreaming about you know catching a crab or something at, at this moment. You know, seeing these violent and dramatic sort of color changes, and then like, lots of biologists went. 
basically called bullshit and said, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know that at all. Um, and uh, there's a guy called Roger Hanlon, who's at the Marine Biological Laboratory on Woods Hole, I think it is. Uh, and he says, like, no animal is proven to have dreams because you can't verbalize and you can't talk to them. You can't get the feedback. So, you, you know, you're mm-hmm. making a, a kind of basically a kind of anthropomorphic assumption yeah. about what's happening yeah, yeah, with that yeah, octopus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he says there's no science behind it and octopuses have different body forms so there's no no conclusions you can draw. Um, but at the same time, what we're seeing in lots of animals is very much REM-like sleep patterns. Yeah. So we're seeing them in cuttlefish, um, um, in, in lots, of, lots of other ones actually, but cuttlefish are quite similar. So you see these sort of REM-like patterns and with octopuses. And, you know, and, and actually Roger Hanlon, same guy, wrote a paper about the cuttlefishes and said they're out doing things all day long. They go into this quiet period of REM-like sleep. And he says, my guess is that they're consolidating long-term memory. Right. So his guess is effectively saying the same then, as Roger. dreaming, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's always, you know, that's one of the theories for what dreaming yeah. is. So he's sort of saying they're dreaming without saying they're dreaming. So I sort of feel like he's cheating. Maybe slightly. you're you're either a cuttlefish guy or or you're an octopus. Yeah, guy. maybe. Yeah, yeah, could be that. He's a cuttlefish guy because I've talked to him about cuttlefishes before. Yeah, he's well, a big, clearly, yeah, yeah, hard on for the cuttlefish. Yeah, it's fuck um, the octopus. Yeah, and then you've got the nautilus guys who oh. are like, well, unfortunately, yeah. our one is thick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> looks amazing, but it is thick. We chose wrong. Yeah, um, that is essentially true about the Nautilus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're not, all... just not interesting, but really because interesting. it's the only one of the of those um, of uh, you know that family where they've kept the, the they've shell. kept the shell. Yeah, yeah, and if you keep the shell, you don't need to think. You don't need to think because you've got your protection. It's sort of like I mean, it's very that's you know. Um, very sort of surface level, but it's sort yeah, of yeah. fundamentally true. The reason the octopus is is smart is because it has to be because it's like just a moving lump of lovely soft food. Yeah. Do you think that's true of humans? If you're like a six foot seven, built like a brick shit house, you've never had, probably never had to sort of you know do any ducking and diving. I think maybe that's why they're dozy. <laughs> Big, big dozy giants. Are you calling six foot seven like a brick shit house people dozy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I am. How's that knee? Is it you were right Osman. Yeah. <laughs> Osman, to be fair, not built like a brick shit no, house. No, not at all. Um, but then uh, this year, a book came out called When Animals Dream uh, by a guy at San Francisco State University. And he's basically saying, it happens, guys. Let's get over it. So he's like, rats... He reports experiments where rats dream up imaginary mazes and imaginary rewards. So they've got like this capability for imagination. They do REM-like sleep. And he's basically said in this book, like mice, dogs, belugas, platypuses, ostriches, penguins, chameleons, iguanas, cuttlefish and octopuses um, all have dreams, REM dreams. Um, and he says, it's, we're not quite sure yet with cro- crocodiles and turtles, apparently. So, um, and he, he says, you know, if it is evolutionarily useful, why would only humans do it? Like, it would surely have evolved in other animals as well. So... Ah, but, well... Hmm. Our brain function is quite... It's, it's quite different and quite advanced. So it well, might be that somewhere down the line it might evolve. But I don't think it's necessarily true that in any brain because it's just all of the kind of concepts that we're talking about you know emotions and stuff we don't even get that we don't even know for sure that any animals have any sort of do you not remember the chickens that? who ran to the house yes, and pecked on the window the when one of their cohort was, du- was, drowning. was drowning? Yes, I remember. Which, yeah. e- which episode was that? That was, uh, uh, well, we ever, can, talk we to ever talked to animals. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know. With, uh, with, with Big Babs. Um, I get the evolutionary, the, the possible evolutionary argument for it, but I'm not sure it really applies to... Well, you, I mean, you know what I mean. It like, is it, it, definitely a case of more research required, yeah. isn't it? But good news but is, who's interviewing an animal? <laughs> <laughs> well, David Shield. Yeah, I mean, he, so he he wrote a paper uh, in 2021, and basically, I'll read you some of the the summary of it. So it says the understanding of the biological functions of sleep has improved recently, including an understanding of the deep evolutionary roots of sleep amongst animals. Hmm. We review three alternative measurements of human dreaming. 
blah, blah, blah. Consider how these may be applied to non-human animal models. We suggest that while animals close in brain structure to humans, such as mammals and birds, may be optimal models for the first two of these types of me measurements, mm -hmm. cephalopods, especially octopuses, may be particularly good candidates for the third. So, so there are basically three sort of correlates that we can investigate. Okay. And so it's ongoing. Okay. So you can't, you know, you, you don't have to be um, limited by the fact that we can't talk to them, mm. is, is their argument. Mm -hmm. It's like there are ways mm -hmm. of finding out, basically, do animals dream, which mm. is the title of the paper. Yeah. I suppose it's sort of, you end up in a place where you're starting to ask questions like, what emotions do animals feel? And I think it's really... Um, I think it's really thorny. Except that if the reason for dreaming is just predatory brain circuits or oxygenating oh, the sure. cornea, then, then yeah. they will dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, and, it's, yeah. And, and processing emotions is a byproduct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they have them, they wouldn't necessarily need to have them. Yeah. He's still just sort of doing some processing yeah. to yeah. keep it all busy. Yeah. Yeah. So really, I mean, maybe our answer to Louis's question is that his corneas need oxygenating a bit more at the moment. Yeah. Because he's stressed. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing if that was the actual answer? <laughs> <laughs> Stress deoxygenates the cornea. Uh, I'm going to have to go away and look yeah, that up. Yeah. If that's true, I'm claiming that and getting a Nobel Prize. It's good. <laughs> well, I'll be calling up immediately saying retract that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, so I, I think, as we said earlier on, the answer is dreams don't really mean anything, but it does look like they might have a variety of functions yeah yeah and we're not quite sure which functions yeah yet the dream dictionary is not your friend no but we are going to launch that podcast <laughs> <laughs> on patreon yeah. uh did you ask i assumed you asked uh dr caroline yes yeah okay. why do we dream the easier answer is we don't know the harder answer is that we likely dream for many reasons, not just one, just as sleep has likely evolved to benefit us in many, many ways. We know that we spend a substantial portion of our lives, years, asleep and um, experiencing mental content at the same time. So it would be a surprise if we have evolved that without there being some benefit. Almost certainly dreaming is associated with emotion regulation and the opportunity to experience emotions and crazy scenarios in a very safe space. When we dream, we switch off from perceiving stimuli from our immediate physical external environment and we switch to focusing on the internal. We think we need time for that. Our lives are complex. We are constantly bombarded with information and sensations and we have to have time to process that so our bodies need physical time to restore our cells need time to restore and mentally psychologically we also need time to make sense of these new experiences to try and assimilate them into our existing memory banks to see if they fit to see if there are inconsistencies to try to understand if this new person that we've met needs to be remembered are we going to see them again is their face one that is important to us somehow? Do we need to just eliminate that? Because that's useful as well. Clean up memory space effectively so we can make room for other stuff tomorrow because we know that tomorrow brings a new day and new experiences. So mentally and cognitively sleep gives us that environment in which we can activate experiences from the past and particularly the recent past, mix them all up see which bits are important, get rid of the rest, and that leaves us cognitively and emotionally ready to process information healthily the following day. Yeah, it's not the most romantic answer, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Dreams are a thing of beauty. No, no. <laughs> Dreams are a way we connect with the universe. Um, no. But we knew this, didn't we? Yeah, we knew this yeah, going yeah, yeah, in. yeah. And it would have been disappointing if we had got the author of the Dream Dictionary on. <laughs> and they've been giving us a load of old flannel here. Oh, the wonders of the Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold up. 
Eureka is a stack production presented by Dr. Michael Brooks and Rick Edwards. The production team is Temi Adebayo, Katie Baxter, Luke Moore and Charlie Morgan. Sound designed by Katie Baxter. Special thanks to today's expert, Dr. Caroline Horton. Please subscribe and rate wherever you listen to your podcast. It does make a massive difference. We also really love hearing from you guys. So if you have any burning questions you want us to answer, drop us an email at eureka at stack.london or you can find us, as always, on Twitter at EurekaPod. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 